welcome to Question Period as we gear up for the federal election on October 21st. I'm Evan Solomon. Today on the program, defection debacle. These new Democrats were disillusioned. They organized. They wrote the letter. They held the press conference. And the Green Party welcomes any of them to join us if they want to. A mass defection of New Brunswick NDP members to the Green Party. Accusations of fake news with just days to go before the writ drops. Is this a sign of a big momentum shift toward the Greens? Party leader Elizabeth May is here on the big fight on the left and her plan for the campaign. Plus, former NDP leader Tom Mulcair joins the scrum to weigh in on how damaging this is for the NDP. Then, inside the war rooms. It's not enough to reluctantly support the law because it's a law, especially when it comes to the rights of women and LGBTQ communities. It's so hypocritical for the Liberals to, to reach back 15 years ago to try to divide Canadians on an issue that is settled. The Liberal Party and Mr. Trudeau made a lot of nice promises, said a lot of nice words, and didn't deliver on those things. The messages are set. The attack lines are ready. What can you expect to see and hear from each party in the weeks ahead? Key members from each campaign team joins us to find out. Plus, Justin Trudeau ducks some debates, and pollster Nick Nanos and his scrum are here to set up the state of the race. This is Question Period. Let's go get some answers. This is a fiasco that the Green Party started. They put out a list of people. Um, they spread some false information. Really, it speaks to an act of desperation, maybe, by... Uh, Ms. May and the Green Party. The mass defection of nine NDP members to the Green Party in New Brunswick is now at the center of a rare but nasty fight on the left side of the political arena. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, as you just saw, is accusing the Green Party of spreading fake news. After five of the supposed, originally reported, 14 NDP party crossers reaffirmed their support for Singh. So is this the first sign of a green wave overtaking an orange wave as the federal election kicks off? To get to the bottom of all this and to find out how the Greens plan to grow beyond their two seats in the House right now, we're joined from Toronto by Green Party leader Elizabeth May. Well, here we go. Welcome to the program. The NDP told me, yeah. and you just heard Jagmeet Singh say, that your party lied, that you are spreading false news about 14 people who defected from the NDP in New Brunswick, when it was actually nine. Did you not tell the truth and spread fake news. We didn't put out any statement at all, Evan, so I'm really astonished by this trumped-up anger that we're seeing from the NDP. I wish we could talk about the things we have in common instead of creating this really rather pointless diversion. I, I, I have to say I appreciate the fact that the new Democratic members from New Brunswick, who had felt so let down by their leader, decided to join the Green Party. That was their decision. They organized themselves. They put out a statement. I didn't put out a statement. I found out about it the day before that there would be some New Brunswick, New Democrats who were joining the Green Party. Uh, there was no statement from the Green Party of Canada claiming anything. So there's been a lot of, um, I think, fairly theatrical and fake high dudgeon well, coming well, from the NDP. Well, they're literally saying you're telling a lie. Is that, that you guys tried to claim that 14 came and that they, you spun the story. And I, I just talked to a senior source at the NDP, and they said, what are we supposed to do when they spread fake news? We're going to hit them back. Could you find any evidence that I said anything about this? I mean, that's the question to the NDP. Why? You know, the problem they have is that 
Jagmeet Singh let down their members in New Brunswick by never visiting. It's been two years he's been leader. In that time, I've been there three times. When you're, when you're a leader, first rule of leadership is you have to show up. Do you think that Jagmeet Singh and other party leaders are attacking you in a way I've never seen in all the years that you've been in politics, I've never seen this kind of thing before. Is it because the Greens are rising, they see you more as a threat this time around? Well, I think that's probably the answer. I mean, it's certainly baffling to me. So I've been attacked for saying something that was wrong, but I didn't say anything at all. So if you found a press release somewhere where I claimed we were welcoming 14 new Democrats from New Brunswick and I twisted their arms to join the Greens, quite the opposite. I think really it's very unfortunate for these individuals that central party headquarters from the NDP twisted arms. And, and actually there was one case where we've actually declined the membership of someone who joined, who was one of the 14 named people who later claimed they hadn't joined the Greens. They actually physically joined the Green Party and made a donation. And uh, oh. after being uh, bullied by party headquarters, they said, no, we didn't do that. So oh, oh, that's we right. Never sorry, know. can I just say, I asked the Green, I asked the NDP uh, about your allegation they were bullied or strong-armed to stay. They said that's absolutely untrue. Now you're saying, you're saying somebody actually joined the Greens, gave a donation, and now has gone back to the NDP? And denied they ever were part of any plan to join the Greens. What That's a mess. correct. Okay, let me move on from that. Well, it's, it's small, small potatoes compared to the issues that really matter to Canadians. Well, let me get to the election because we're about to head into this thing. In the wake of the ethics commissioner finding that Justin Trudeau broke the law, you said Justin Trudeau ought to resign. This is the SNC Lavalin no, affair. No, I, I didn't. I didn't actually say that, Evan. What I said was this was a resignation offense. This is the kind of offense for which resignation is appropriate, but I'm not calling upon him to resign. Okay, okay, we but, had a long... Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I, mean, I don't want to mince words. If, it's, if he's guilty of it and it's a resignation offense, uh, does that rule out working with Justin Trudeau in the future, in your view? So many hypotheticals about what will happen in this election. I want to work with anyone who's prepared to take the climate emergency seriously. That's the overwhelming issue. If Justin Trudeau could understand that what he did was wrong, and apologize. I'd have no trouble working with him. But he hasn't done but that. He, now, what I, about the other thing? You said no. that you wouldn't prop up a party that doesn't have a serious climate plan. Now, the Liberals, you've said they do have a serious climate plan, but what would be the bare minimum? For example, would you say unless you cancel the Trans Mountain Pipeline, Mr. Trudeau, that's my litmus test. Cancel it, I'll give you my support. If you don't cancel it, I'm out. Is, what, what's the condition? Well, that's not a strong enough condition to avoid clim climate catastrophe. We're talking about not political targets, not scoring points off each other. The Green Party policy is driven by the science. So canceling the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion is obviously required if oh, okay, you're serious so about be, fighting oh, the climate okay. change. So is, but that, not by itself. Okay, I understand no, there's more, itself, but, not but that would be yeah. one of the conditions then. If he says, no, I've no, always only, campaigned on a carbon tax, the Paris targets, and the pipeline, you would say, I am not giving your support unless you back off of the pipeline? We can't support any government that does not have as its central core goal that we are going to approach this climate emergency with a seriousness of purpose that the threat requires. It's not about politics, it's about science. All right, uh, we're, we're heading in. I want to do some rapid fire issues because it's more than just, the Green Party now is more, about, right. more than just about climate issues. Uh, social issues has emerged as a big issue. You've seen Andrew Scheer specifically question around abortion issues and same-sex marriage. Just on the record, uh, what's your personal view and what's your party's view on abortion and choice? 
women must always have the right to a safe legal abortion. That is my personal view. It always has been, and that is the party's position as well. You will said you will have a balanced budget, uh, and you said you will have a plan. How can you balance a budget without cuts? And if so, do you, can you tell us what things a green government would cut? We will cut nothing. We have to rapidly, well, there are some things we cut. We'd eliminate fossil fuel subsidies, obviously. We cancel the Trans Mountain Pipeline. That saves $13 billion right off the top. But we found new sources of revenue. Our budget numbers are currently being reviewed by the Parliamentary Budget Office. We will release our budget, and we will not balance the budget this year. That's not possible. We're looking at about a five-year period. We have crunched the numbers, and we have enough revenue to deliver on pharmacare, universal pharmacare, to deliver on abolishing tuition and investing heavily in post-secondary education, colleges, universities, trade schools. We, we can actually deliver on making things more affordable for the average Canadian family, making life much better for our young people who are dealing with crushing student debt, and we can do it at, within right, a framework okay. where we say, this is where we find the money, this is how we pay for it. Last question. You've got two seats right now in the House. Where should I watch for green seat pickups? Vancouver Island? Uh, you know, let's be reasonable. I'm trying to figure out the math of where the, quote, green surge actually can happen. What, what's your projection? I hope to get my husband elected, John Kidder, Mission Masque, Fraser Canyon, heading to Ottawa. Yay. Uh, I have to say also, Vancouver Island, we could sweep all seven seats. We've got seats in the Lower Mainland, but we're showing huge strength in, in New Brunswick. We're showing a lot of strength in Quebec. I, I, I think we've got a real shot at uh, a vague there, a big green wave to wash Like over official Quebec. party status, no. 12 seats. Do you, do you, oh. Is that realistic? I hope to do better than that, but, you know, I, I've always right. been a woman of high hopes. Elizabeth May, lots of uh, campaign road ahead, uh, but, man, you're making a lot of news already. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Evan. All right, coming up, the election hasn't even started, but the campaign messaging is already set and the money is being spent. Will Canadians choose forward, like the Liberals are saying? Do they want to get ahead with the Conservatives, their slogan? Will they decide the NDP are in it for them? Members of the party's war rooms are up next with what you should expect to see in the days ahead, right here on Question Period. Stay with us. <laughs> October, we've got a choice to make. Keep moving forward and build on the progress we've made or go back to the politics of the Harper years. I'm for moving forward for everyone. I have a plan to lower the cost of living, to make life more affordable, to leave more money in the pockets of Canadians for their kids, for themselves, or for their aging parents. Because it's time for you to get ahead. I don't work for the wealthy and well-connected. I don't think government should be run for their benefit like it has for decades. I believe that government should work for all of us. There are the messages. We're just 43 days away from the October 21st federal election. The focus of each party right now is to frame the debate, set the ballot box question. And they do that first through those ads and those slogans, their main messages. But that's just the opening volley in the political war ahead. What will you be seeing from the parties in the weeks ahead? What's their strategy? What will the attack lines be? What about the policy issues? To find out, we're joined now by Brock Harrison. He's the spokesperson for the Conservative Party. Jennifer Howard is the campaign director for the NDP. And Marco Mendocino is the Liberal campaign co-chair for Ontario. Welcome, all of you. Great to see you back here, Marco. Let me just start with you. We're talking about 
strategy and appears that the liberal strategy is that Mr. Trudeau will only be doing one English language debate. He's rejecting the McLean's and the Monk debate. Why is the Prime Minister, who first ran on the notion of being open and transparent, ducking two critical debates? We set up a commission to uh, take some of the partisanship and some of the, the usual rhetoric out of this, and now we've got these two official debates plus a third. I know that there's ongoing discussions, but th these debates are going to be an opportunity for, for us to frame the issue, and we see this as a, as a choice between two clear visions. We have a government that's invested in people, over a million jobs created, a very responsible plan when it comes to uh, putting a price on pollution with regards to, to climate change. My opponent in the last election, Joe Oliver, the former conservative uh, finance minister, came out very recently and said that climate change would be good. Now, recklessly insensitive comments, especially with Hurricane Dorian bearing down on the Maritimes right now, these are the types of okay. choices that Canadians are going to have uh, to make going forward, and we sincerely hope they choose forward. Brock, uh, I mean, I, I want you to respond to that. Go ahead. Sure. So Stephen Harper makes an appearance in the ad. He just uh, mentioned Joe Oliver. He, Justin Trudeau's running against people who aren't even on the ballot in this campaign. He doesn't want to run on his record. That's why he's not attending the debates. He doesn't want, against, want to run against Andrew Sure, that's why he's trying to construct campaigns against other uh, opponents. Look, you can either run on your record or you can run from your record. He should show up. He should stand up and be counted. So, is the, is the main focus of the conservative up. debate or campaign is it going to be trust or the economy? And to be fair, I mean, look at the job numbers in August: eighty-one thousand jobs created according to Stats Canada in August. You got the lowest unemployment in forty years. How do the conservatives run? that the carbon tax is bad or the economy is when they actually the numbers are pretty good. How, how do you deal with Look, that? If you go door knocking and, and you talk to Canadians, they're not feeling good about the economy. The economic indicators may say one thing, but the way that people are feeling about the economy, more particularly how they feel about their own economic future, is, a, is an entirely different thing. People are not optimistic about their, their next five, ten years. All right, let, let me bring in Jennifer. First of all, uh, respond to the, the debate question. What's the NDP's view on that? Would you like more debates? Uh, well, we're going to be going to all the debates that uh, we've been invited to. We're looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a good opportunity uh, for people to see Jagmeet debate and, and see him hold uh, the Prime Minister accountable. I'm sorry that we're not going to get a chance to hold him accountable as many times as would be um, ideal. I think when you're the Prime Minister, you should show up to all of the debates and you should not be afraid to be held accountable for the decisions you've made uh, that have made life more difficult for ordinary people. How does the NDP deal with the money problem. I mean, there's been lots of stories that you're running a low-budget campaign. You don't have nearly the money the Conservatives or the Liberals have. How will you compensate for that? I think we're going to be more focused, more strategic with the way that we use our resources. I don't think that's news to many Canadian families who have to be focused and strategic with their own resources. And we are going to be relying, as we often do, on volunteers who right now are going door-to-door. -door. We've had some of our uh, best uh, turnout in terms of people talking to voters and talking about the message that we have. Uh, we're going to be using social media and digital advertising to reach Canadians in new ways. We're also going to be on television. Uh, we're going to be traveling the country, uh, but we're going to be spending more time perhaps in places like Ontario and BC. We're also going to be in other parts of the country, but when we're in those places, right. we're, going to, we're going to really spend our time there. Okay, let, let me just quickly do a whip around because you're all strategists here on some of the main points of vulnerability. Uh, Marco Mendocino, 2015, Justin Trudeau said, I'll do better. Four years later, there's questions about broken promises on electoral reform, broken promises on the deficit, the SNC-Lavalin affair, and two ethics commissioners finding the PM broke the law twice. How do you convince Canadians to trust a prime minister after all that? 
because this is a government and a prime minister that has shown a consistent capacity to learn. And the problem with the Conservatives' approach to um, litigating all this is that they've got a real problem with truth and facts. I didn't hear any response from uh, Brock's answer to you with regards to the fact that we have created over 1.1 million jobs. The fact that in August we created 80,000 new jobs. That's four times the estimated number. And the fact that Conservatives cannot acknowledge that climate change is real, that it's being caused by human activity, and that they would pull back on a price on pollution. Those are all facts, and the Conservatives have got no answers the, for the any of The problem is you need to work three of those jobs to get by and pay the rent. And for those people, there's been very little. There are lots of hope, I think, when they voted for uh, Justin Trudeau, but there's been very little that have actually made those people's uh, lives uh, easier. Mr. Well, let, let me also just say, in terms of affordability, Hang on, let me just get in broad. Mr. Mendicino yeah. mentions uh, a price on carbon. That's called the carbon tax. And the reality is that the carbon tax is not getting us anywhere near where we need to be on the environment. It's making everything more expensive for everyday families. And uh, the environment minister, two weeks ago, backed off of the Liberals' commitment to stay the carbon tax at $50 a ton. It's going to go up. If Justin Trudeau's reelected, that Problem tax is, is, is going to go up. And, in your party and, and, and they will not admit it. They will not admit hoax, that is not true. You're denying it. Right. It is totally true. In okay, fact, my on. former conservative opponent came out and he gave a real insight. Your former into conservative, conservative okay. mindset. Your former okay. conservative opponent. Okay, hang on. But that's that's Let me just ask you quickly because I've got a minute here, Brock. The, the Liberals are trying to make social conservative issues. Uh, Mr. Shear's position on same-sex marriage and abortion a big issue. Uh, Stephen Harper kept social conservative issues. Uh, sort of to the side, uh, is that going to be a problem for well, Andrew Scheer? Well, well, you said it, Evan. They're, the Liberals are trying to make this an issue. Nobody else. Absolutely nothing has changed between Mr. Scheer's position uh, and Mr. Harper's position. And as you mentioned, Mr. Harper governed the country for 10 years without these, these uh, types of issues being brought forward. Mr. Scheer has been clear he will not reopen the debate, and he will oppose any attempt to do so. Okay, real quick, uh, Jennifer Howard. Uh, the... Um the NDP's deal, we just had Elizabeth May on talking about the defections. Um, it looks like the NDP, instead of fighting the Conservatives and the Liberals, are fighting a rearguard action against the surging Greens. Is that a problem for your party? No, it's not a problem for our party, but what happened last week is they put out inaccurate information. They didn't check the facts. People then covered it without checking the facts. We did check the facts, and we're going to, when people but put out things... But still, nine defections is nine defections. Sure, but when people put out things that are wrong, we're going to respond. And we had somebody coming out saying that the reason why uh, people don't want to vote for our leader is because of his race. And instead of standing up to that and racism, they decide to go to the Green Party. i got to leave it there. I hope to have you all back as this campaign kicks off for real. When the writ drops, uh, Brock Harrison, Jennifer Howard, and Marco Mendicino. Always great to have the three of you here. Coming up, though, Project Fear, the best defense, sometimes is a good offense. We dig into those attacks that have already started, as you can see. Some true, some false. From questions around abortion to Canada accepting killers to fake news about defections, MPs are here to outline the attacks. You will see as a fiery campaign gets set to start. Stay right here with Question Period. Every election cycle, as we get closer to the election, they try to spread fear uh, amongst Canadians on these types of social issues. There you go. That is Conservative leader Andrew Scheer defending his party's stance on LGBTQ rights. Welcome to Project Fear. Now, this is the oldest strategy in the political playbook. You accuse the opposition of some wicked hidden agenda in order to suppress their vote. Liberals accuse conservatives of wanting to reopen the abortion debate, despite Mr. Scheer's denials. Conservatives say the liberal carbon tax is taking money from your pocket, but they never mention the rebate. The NDP just accused the Greens of accepting racist former NDP members 
The Greens, as you saw Elizabeth May earlier, deny that. So how will campaigns deal with these attacks? What's going to stick? What might become a ballot box question? Let's bring in MPs to find out. Pam DeMoff is a Liberal MP for Ontario. Stella Ambler is a Conservative candidate in Ontario. Brian Massey is an Ontario NDP MP and candidate. Welcome to the program. Pam DeMoff, let me start with you. Uh, and we'll start on these uh, social conservative issues because Andrew Scheer has said repeatedly, I will not reopen the abortion debate. I know his personal beliefs may not be, be on the ballot. They're not. He says it's the same as the Harper years. Why is your party trying to make this an election issue? Well, you and I have talked about this before, actually, Evan, and, and this is such an important issue. And the conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, refuses to say that he will stand up for a women's, women's reproductive rights. It doesn't have to just be by legislation. There are things that a government can do when it comes to abortion and access to abortion that is, and he refuses to say, you know, it's, it's very clear and it's such an important issue to ensure that women have access to safe and legal abortions. Well, he said, okay, but he said nothing's going to change. Stella Ambler, let me just go to you on this. Uh, well, he didn't, Evan, he didn't say that though. He didn't say nothing would change. He said he would uphold the law. But there are a lot of things you can do that are not included in the law that will restrict women's access to abortion. Uh, Stella, Stella Ammer, jump in on that. Not only on the abortion issue, but on your leader's stance on LGBTQ issues, on same-sex marriage. If the guy's not marching in a gay pride parade. I don't understand why he's not doing that. He won't apologize for right. comparing same-sex marriage to the leg of a dog back in 2005. Why not? Why not just deal with this stuff? Yeah, he, he has dealt with it. In fact, uh, he's... He's answered all of these uh, fear-mongering scare tactics that the Liberals are putting forward. And, uh, you know, uh, honestly, Evan, this, let's just see this for what it is. It's, uh, it's the Liberals trying to distract from their record from four years of failure. Um, they want to talk about these issue issues because they don't want to be talking about what they've done for four years. They don't want to be talking about what actual, what Canadians, what voters are talking about and what they care about. Um, and we're doing exactly that. We're talking about what, what voters want to, want to hear. They want to hear that we're going to try to make their lives better, uh, that we're going to lower their taxes. Um, I, you know, I, I appreciate that, Liberals but, but you, don't you want know to talk you're going to be, you're going to be accused of doing this. I'm just, I'm just wondering, does Mr. Scheer have to be a, more clear on all these issues? And again, there are, there have I, been questions about his, his position on same-sex marriage. I understand he says, oh, I respect so the law. So I actually law. think he couldn't, I, right, I don't think he could be more clear. Uh, in fact, um, he is, he's answering all the questions. He's, he said, look, these, these issues are settled. Uh, conserva the Conservatives will always stand up for human rights and will not accept intolerance of any kind toward any human beings. Um, you know, this is really, it's, it is all about the Liberals trying to make this um, what the election is all about. And they're not succeeding because this is not what people are talking about at the doors. Uh, uh, my team and I have Mr. not done... Mass, Brian, Brian Massey, can yeah. you... Uh, are these fair yeah. accusations? Is this project fear that the Liberals are trolling the Conservatives on this to distract, or do you think these are legitimate issues? Well, I think they are obviously brought up in timing is to, to heighten the, the issue, but they are real because they are words and expressions that have taken place in the Conservative Party over not just a number of months, but already been systematic part of the party problem that they've had 
Um, and to this day, um, they still have some issues with some dog whistle politics that still are involved. And I come from the party of Tommy Douglas, who um, brought in the first um, legislation uh, in North America to fight racism, sexism, uh, and a number of different things. And we take this uh, not only to heart because uh, it takes leadership to make sure that, you know, say, for example, even through private members' bills and other things that emerge, is that you're always working on equity, gender, and other issues uh, for uh, populations that are at risk. And uh, you don't see that really emerging through the Conservative Party. And that's where the um, you get the kind of the difference is that it becomes uh, something I have to defend and explain versus right. it's just part of our everyday okay. operations and organization. So, so let me just go back to Pam Demoff. Look, we've, we've gone over this thing. Uh, is this a classic liberal playbook? Uh, don't vote for the conservatives. There's going to be massive cuts and they're going to go back and take your abortion rights away. Uh, Mr. Scheer continually denies all that. So what, what gives the liberals the justification to keep pressing on this stuff? Well, I, I, Evan, there's a clear choice here between the Liberals and the Conservatives on these issues. And if you look at what Conservative governments are doing, look at Ontario, where efficiencies equal cuts. We look at investments in public education, they look at cuts to up public education. So there's a, there's a certain mentality in the Conservative Party that it's important to cut. And when it comes to abortion, again, if you go to Ontario, uh, Sam Oosterhof has said that we will make uh, abortion unthinkable in our lifetime. I'd ask Ms. Ambler, you stood at a, a rally in, in Ottawa in 2013 and said it was a great day. Will you ensure that there are no private members built? But to be fair, those are Ontario conservatives. Access? That's not Andrew Shears. Okay, go yeah. ahead, Stella. Well, but Ms. You know Ambler, but you know Ms. What, Ambler Evan, stood I on the hill. I belong to a conservative party that allows not only its uh, members, membership, uh, but it's members of parliament to take whatever positions um, they feel uh, is right. Are, are right for them. Unlike but the liberals, so whose we, MPs are told what to think. Absolutely not. Uh, that is absolutely not true. Okay, I got, I got a minute here. Really I think you know it's can, not. Can I just, in fact, about hang, hang on. Hang on, I, I just wanted, because yeah. i got a minute here, uh, I want to just ask Mr. Yeah. Massey, there's one project fear that goes to your party, the NDP, which is uh, to vote for the NDP is a wasted vote. Uh, the Liberals will say yeah. that, uh, that you're, you're, you don't have enough money, your support is bleeding, uh, so don't vote for the NDP. How are you going to counter that? Yeah, first of all, when the Liberals say they're going to do something like on regards to equity and they don't do it, it actually can be worse in many respects because you lead people down a path and then nothing changes and it really... Uh, disingenuinely takes the movement away. But with regards to that, listen, we have veterans, uh, including some of my family members, who fought for the right to vote. And every single vote that we have in this election, especially when we have an election where we have a diverse group of candidates across our country, is an important vote for democracy. So people should really reject that notion. Every vote is precious. Every vote should always, in my opinion, go to uh, what you believe in, to make change that is real, to make change that you feel is comfortable for you and your family. Unfortunately, I've got to leave it there. We're going to have lots of these over the campaign. Pam DeMoss, Stella Ambler, and Brian Massey, thank you so much for joining us. I always appreciate seeing you, and we'll see lots more of them. Coming up, the NDP is hemorrhaging money, support, and struggling to nominate candidates. Is Jagmeet Singh already in big trouble before the race even begins? The scrum is here with former NDP leader Tom Mulcair. We'll cover that. And why is Justin Trudeau ducking debates? Stay right here with Question Period.
With only days to go before the writ drop, the political future of the NDP is looking, well, a little bleak. The NDP lost nine members in New Brunswick this week after they threw their support behind the Green Party. And as of Friday, they still hadn't nominated over 100 candidates. And they have very little money. Are the wheels falling off the NDP bus before the campaign has even started? To talk about that. And why is the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, ducking two key English language debates so far? Let's bring in the scrum to find out. Tonda McCharles is senior reporter for the Toronto Star. Joyce Napier, of course, is CTV's Ottawa bureau chief. Craig Oliver is CTV's chief political commentator. The patented wave is back for another season. And special guest today is the former NDP leader and current CTV political commentator, Tom Mulcair in Montreal. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody. Wow. Let's start with Tom Mulcair and this defection. Tom, never a good story, but when you've got uh, nine NDP members in New Brunswick uh, defecting, the revelation that Mr. Singh has never in two years bothered to visit New Brunswick, what does all this say about the NDP right now? Well, that story carried on for so long. It squashed a very good piece of news that the NDP had this week, which was a star candidate named Hugo Latulippe. This is a really respected environmentalist in Quebec, a filmmaker. This could have made a big change for them in Quebec because they had lost Pierre Nantel over to the Greens, and instead they spent five days talking about the defection. And their best way of approaching it, they said, was to say, well, it wasn't 14, it was only nine, because five of them only wanted to merge the two parties. I don't think that that got them very further ahead, much, much further ahead, uh, Evan. So I think that right now they should just try to move on because there's going to be a campaign. Try to hit reset. <laughs> Mr. Singh is going to get a second chance to introduce himself to the Canadian voting public. He's got a lot of personal qualities, and I certainly hope that that's what happens. And but if they yeah, keep I, getting tied in knots with an issue like this, it's going to be difficult for them. I, I think take... we can all observe that it was inexcusable for the NDP leader never to have been to New Brunswick. It's not very far from where he was when he was in Quebec a lot of the time. But, I, I, you know, I think there was also... A lot of amateurism on the part of the Greens here, and if they're going to play in the big leagues, they're going to have to get better than that. I mean, they started off by, by saying 14 NDPers that had defected, uh, it, it played into the narrative that the NDP was sinking fast, which maybe it is, then it was nine, then it was five, then it was, we, we were never sure who it was, and then worst of all, they suggested that somehow... The New Brunswickers weren't ready to vote for the NDP leader because they didn't know who he was. They were confused about yeah, his religion and all of that. So it was a real mess I on both I, sides. I, well, not only did it show the disarray in both of those parties in terms of being strategic on a day like that, uh, I think it showed that they're at war with each other. Exactly. And uh, that mm -hmm. can only be good for the Liberals. And, for, and if you're a conservative, you want the NDP to be strong yeah. because you want to come up the middle and take riding. So I think it, it showed a lot of weakness and division there that is only going to, I think, be more pronounced during the campaign. And the message is completely lost because that is also the week where he launched his new ads. And so he had an English ad and a French ad, which was actually quite different from the English one, mm -hmm. where at the beginning he's putting on his turban. So you see the long hair. So he is showing Quebec. There is Bill 21. There's a very controversial law in Quebec. And he is going head on against that. The only politician actually so far that has addressed this bill in Quebec. So it was quite courageous and it was totally buried in this. Mm -hmm. So obviously a well, mismanaged actually, campaign. Joyce it's a mismanaged campaign. But are we even surprised 
that his campaign is mismanaged, considering what we've seen so far in the last since he's been elected, right? Right. I mean, Tom. Joyce, uh, I mean, don't I would forget just say that, one uh, thing: you've got to manage expectations. The expectations now are so low for Mr. Singh. We saw that, frankly, with Mr. Trudeau in the last election. Then he can exceed them. So, you know, the campaign hasn't started. There is a chance, or is there, for Mr. Singh to turn all this around? Well, I can tell you one thing in, in response to something that Joyce just said. It's worth mentioning that in his interview, now, now infamous interview with uh, Hassan Minaj, uh, Mr. Trudeau goes after Bill 21 on Netflix, on American television. That's right. This week, the Liberals agreed to do a third debate, their, therefore their second French debate, the TVA face-à-face, -face, which is a very strongly presented and well-organized debate. Um, full disclosure, I work with them uh, at TVA, but what was interesting was everybody was talking about whether or not Mr. Trudeau would have the courage to say in French in Quebec what he said in English on American television. He said he was strongly opposed to Bill 21, but we haven't heard Mr. Trudeau exactly. say that. This is supposed to be the party that's built on the edifice of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and this is an, an attack on freedom of religion. I've been hammering away at this bill nonstop since it came out, but it would be nice to see some of the federal leaders actually Absolutely. have the courage to say this is, is an attack on freedom one. of religion. And Jagmeet Singh is the only one who's done it so far. So, yes, he has failed on so many other, you know, uh, uh, scenes, but not this one. Okay, let me, you, Tom mentioned the debate, let me go to Craig. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Trudeau has so far said, I'm not going to do the McLean's debate, I'm not right. going to do the Monk debate on foreign right. policy, so now he's agreed to two French language debates and only one English language. It may change, but for now it does appear that the Prime Minister is ducking debates. What do you think either strategy and the impact of that might be? Well, first, it is not the openness and transparency that we heard from the Prime Minister when he was running for election. Uh, when he was so critical of Harper for trying to dodge debates. Uh, I mean, this is a risk assessment the Liberals have made, and they think they can get away with it with the Canadian public. We need more debates. We don't want fewer debates, especially, I think, a debate on foreign policy would have been very useful, but that's the last thing Trudeau wants to talk about, foreign policy. Uh, so uh, probably by the time this is over, he will have caved in and done a second English-speaking debate. I don't think it's acceptable by anybody that he does one English-speaking debate in the whole course of a campaign and gets away with it. Well, I, they, look, they posed uh, this um, commission that organized supposedly the two big formal debates to address the mm -hmm. concern initially that it became a big bargaining among parties about right. you know what you would and wouldn't do. And the previous prime, prime minister, Mr. Harper, you know, was picking and choosing, cherry picking his debate. And, you know, Trudeau had everything to gain last time around. This time he has more to lose. And he's exploiting the commission idea, by the way, by saying, oh, well, there are the official debates and I'll do it. And why do I need to it's do more? A, that he set up, right? Yeah, um, right. But look, I'm not sure that voters will uh, exact a cost on the Liberals for that. Really, voters probably don't want to spend 20 hours of their, you know, falls watching debates, right? I do. Dweebs yeah. like us do, <laughs> no, right? I, like I, us I, do. I, I actually think no, that the public, the public does want uh, a, a debate because it's a, there's so much money now. The public will have a they debate. Will have two because it's so much two spin French out there. debates, there will probably and most likely I, I, be yeah. an English debate as well. There will be two English, two French. There's not going to be two French and only one but English. I, I, but I still we think know that there, somewhere there is going to be a balance. But I agree with Craig. A foreign, you know, foreign affairs policy. debate, foreign policy debate is very important right now yes. because it's a big failure. Our foreign policies today, Canadian foreign policy is not, we're not doing so well on that front. 
So we should right. hear from the Prime Minister and from his opponents as well. How much better would they do? But debates right. are risky. Trudeau well, we knows they're heard. risky. Go ahead, Tom. Tom. We certainly heard from Mr. Trudeau back in 2015 because That's he right. railed against Stephen Harper. And I kept saying, well, I'll go to the de debates where Mr. Harper is present. I didn't want to do it with the other candidates if the prime minister wasn't there. And Mr. Trudeau and his team, I mean, those clips of those, ra you know, those rants that they did back then are making the rounds on social media now, reminding Mr. Trudeau that he was once in favor of more debates. And I <laughs> agree there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Liberals to at least do a second English debate. If he tries to duck that, there will be hell to pay. But it does assign two French language debates, shows that battleground Quebec is very much very in important. the sights and yeah. very critical to the Liberals. All right, I got to leave it there. I think, I think it's fair to say, Evan, and I, we know that the math, I mean, the number of seats in Ontario is so imposing. I think that the best way to put it is that the election will be decided in Ontario, but whether it's going to be a majority or minority will be decided in Quebec. Right. Well, uh, there, and I think Battleground Lower Mainland BC is going to be interesting. We'll see what happens all over. But there's lots of road ahead for that. Tom Mulcair, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for joining us. The rest of the scrum is sticking by. Coming up, there might be five party leaders campaigning, but is it just a two-way race? Where are the key battlegrounds to watch? Is there a chance for the NDP or the Greens to have a surge? What about Maxime Bernier? We haven't mentioned him. He's not part of the debates. Is he a factor? Coming up, pollster Nick Nanos joins us. Stay right here with Question Period. Welcome back to Question Period. Well, four years ago, the Liberals swept from third place to a majority government in a change election. They had big promises. Well, now those promises are under heavy scrutiny. Can the Prime Minister, battered by the SNC scandal, the Ethics Commissioner's report, hold off the Conservatives? Can the Conservatives find any growth in places like Ontario and Quebec? Will the NDP or the Greens have a surge? What about Maxine Bernier? Is he a factor? Talk about all that and more. The Scrum is back. Tonda McCharles is back. So is Joyce Napier, Craig Oliver, and our special guest this round, CTV pollster and Nanos Research CEO, Nick Nanos. Nick, great to have you uh, back. Where are we right now? You had a latest poll. Give us a sense of where we are um, maybe days before the writ is dropped. Well, the latest Nanos tracking has the Liberals with about a four-point advantage. So factoring the margin of error for the survey, it is a very tight race. So maybe we should all buckle up. But the New Democrats are in the mid-teens, and the Greens are nipping at their heels. So we got two horse races, the horse race to win and the horse race for third. Okay, uh, and just to add quickly, uh, Maxime Bernier, is he a factor yet for Andrew Scheer? Because that was the concern. He's going to bleed off support uh, for Mr. Scheer. He almost won that leadership. Uh, he's not in the debates, and we'll get to that in a second. Is he a factor? In a tight race, he's definitely a factor. You know, according to some of the math that we've crunched, the People's Party of Canada puts about 8 to 10 Conservative ridings at risk in these very tight races with the Liberals. So Andrew Scheer has to take Maxime Bernier seriously, whether he comes in at 2, 4, or 5, but, or 6 percent. Bernier, Bernier did not meet the 4 percent deadline that the Commission gave to get into the debate. Now, 4 percent That support. may change 4 percent, yeah. Uh, but he is an elected MP, uh, and certainly the Conservatives will not want to see him there. 
uh, that will improve his chances of taking seats away from them. Should he well, be, Tanya, should he be well, in the debates? Should Bernie not. be in the debates? I, I think he should be in the debates, but I'm not sure it will uh, increase the chance of taking seats away from the Conservatives in this regard because I think sunlight is the best disinfectant on some of his views, and I think, yes, the country would actually benefit from hearing them. So that's why I think he should be in the, deba well, well, in the debate. And, and why are we even asking ourselves whether he should? Of course he should be in the debate. This, this should have been already settled. He is running a campaign. He has the, the, the number of, of, of people to run it. I don't understand he has the candidates. Why? Well, maybe it's, I, I think don't. it's that, you know, there is, we're uncomfortable with what Maxime Bernier is saying. And I think that the people who organize as well these debates are uncomfortable with what he's saying because he's a little bit out there. But because bit. he's a, well, good, then he should be in the debates, exactly, so that he can, you know, put it out, put it on the table, let's hear him. And we should him. point I, out that Elizabeth May made debates before yeah. she was even exactly. elected right. official so, of the right. Green Party. In previous debates, Maxime Bernier is elected, and he's got a slate of candidates. But I think, you know, Nick, the picture Nick's painting is really interesting, isn't it? I mean, the liberals have only a very slight edge right now, and I really, from talking to MPs who are out there campaigning already, and other people, sense that the, the electorate's pretty volatile. Yes. There's a mood there. People aren't really sure where Not it's going. They anything. don't know what the ballot box yeah. question is. You ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers. It feels a lot like 1972 to me. Uh, and once again, we have a sort of post-charismatic uh, prime minister uh, running against an anti-charismatic uh, opponent. So uh, who knows? But uh, that, I feel that way about 72. Because if it is a minority, all of a sudden these third and fourth and fifth parties start becoming very important and they might be a kingmaker in all of this. So what we will come out with will be an interesting uh, will be an interesting parliament perhaps. A lot of folks are wondering why there wasn't an election called today. The last day they, the Liberals can call legally the election is next Sunday. So you got to put your put a little X on there. We don't know what day, but Nick, what's the strategy here? Remember Stephen Harper last time had a very long election didn't work for him. What's is there an advantage to the Liberals to have a, you know, a shorter election cycle to put it off, not participate in the debates. What, what's the strategy they're working on? I think at? I believe the strategy for the Liberals is to delay the election to the last possible date and to crowd that out with positive, small messages and announcements because that basically takes up space in the room that would have been taken up by things like the Ethics Commissioner and other controversies that the Liberals have been taking up. So I think they're just crowding out the media agenda in order to kind of front load as many positive messages as they can. And it will be a very fast-paced campaign, packed with events. Um, they're going to go. They're going to go super fast. It's going to be like the speed dating Sprint. of campaigning. But, but, but they do make a lot of spending announcements. I know journalist David Aiken has covered a lot of that, Tonda. I mean, a lot of people think it's a little unfair to delay, delay, so they can lard a lot of spending announcements they're, and yeah, give them an rolling, advantage. They're rolling out spending that was allocated in their budget, exactly. but right. the Conservatives also rolled out spending announcements prior to their last campaign. Look, that's a, a time-tested strategy of governments seeking re-election, right? Um, but I think the bigger challenge for a government seeking re-election like this one is to pitch themselves once again as something positive for the electorate to want to vote for. Now that they have a record to defend, they're on the defensive. They're, they aren't the change right. agent they were the last time. And so when people are troubled by who Trudeau is and has he lived up to his promises, they're thinking, do I want to stick with him or is there a change here? Do I need change? So I think that's the bigger question for, for them. All of that other stuff, Evan, I think is skirmishes. 
Yes. I think they also believe that Scheer is not going to perform well in the debate. He's nervous. He's never been in one before. He had difficulty in terms of presence. Uh, they think he won't do well. And this way, with one English-speaking debate, they're not going to, he's not going to have a chance to recover, and neither is anybody I think else. See, I think, actually, you're going to see... Um, Sheer come to the fore in a certain way in, in this campaign because the man has not practiced and done well in scrums for the last no. three years, two years since whatever he's been leader. But he tends to, once the questions get really tough, run away from a scrum. Watch for how he handles or and controls his uh, exposure in a campaign. Okay, so, so what's the strength and weakness for Mr. Sheer heading in, what you're finding in your polling, and for Mr. Trudeau as they are sort of neck and neck? What are both of their strengths and weaknesses? Well, you know, uh, for Andrew Sheer, one of the weaknesses is and it's also a potential opportunity, is that about three out of every ten Canadians don't have a firm opinion of him. So yes, he's yeah. still a bit of a blank slate. Yes. So for him, it's an opportunity to define himself and his vision. And for the Liberals, it is to try to smear the vision of, uh, of Andrew Scheer. And I think that's going to be one of the key battlegrounds when we, when we look at him. And, you know, for, uh, but the other good thing is, what did we just hear? Expectations are low. Exactly. So... If he has a good debate, if he has a better election, <laughs> that'll be good. No, you laugh. Expectations. No, I just, I, you know, it so, reminded me of when the so conservatives true. said Trudeau just had to show up with his pants on to win exactly. the debate. That's well, right. Sheer already, you know, he's, we've seen him in robes for 10 years, you know, however many years as Speaker. I, I don't know why you I think that, he can. But, I think he can manage. Speaker's robes. Speaker's robes. Turn it out. He can manage a debate. He Let's, can manage a debate. He does tend to be a little bit unflappable in, in, uh, sort of outwardly, but... You can see on his face he's not so, sure where to go. So he's got a challenge in those things. But so I say it's all going to be about expectations. For the prime yeah. minister, expectations are high. It's going to be hard for him to okay, hit them. I, and for sure, it's going to be low. Okay, who's the Bianchi, Bianca Andreescu? Of course, she's the 19-year-old who just won the U.S. Open. Joyce, who is the Andreescu of this campaign? Someone who comes out of nowhere, shocks us, and takes the win. I'm afraid that there may not be one. I mean, we all hoped for her to win, and she won, and yay. But, you know, I think it's a lot, none of the above. I think it'll so, be Elizabeth May. I'm waiting for Elizabeth May yeah, to maybe. sort of get no, her racket sure out and that. do a pretty strong yeah. job. Is there someone you're, you're watching that you're like, hey, keep your eye on this. If there's something happening Elizabeth here. Elizabeth May, period, full stop. She has good numbers in British Columbia. Yes. The green numbers, actually, and people haven't been paying attention to this, the green numbers are competitive with the NDP, the Bloc, and the Conservatives wow. in the province of Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. And she is a none of the above. She, she is she, the none of the above candidate. She is the, and she will do well in the debates. I she think told, she'll she do. Said she probably she will win the debate. But. 12. All right. I gotta leave it there. Not we a got Bianca, lots. Though, not a Bianca, sorry. Yeah, well, there, there isn't. Congratulations, Bianca. All right, I gotta leave it there. Tonda, <laughs> Joyce, Craig, and Nick. Everyone's a tennis fan now, which is great. We have 45 days until the next election. We'll have all the stories you need to know. By the way, our thoughts are with the folks in the Maritimes right now. They are dealing with the wicked uh, Hurricane Dorian and how it hit. Lots of people without power. So we're thinking of them. And CTV News has all the latest on that. So stay right here. Keep watching. And thanks, all of you, for watching. It's going to be very exciting. We're back in seven short days.